Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from crawling claws to cold captivators. And today we're covering the Carrion Crawler. Hey, Brian. Hey. Happy Valentine's Day, Brian. It's not. It's not. It's super not. It's two days after? Two days after. And we recorded Suni. That dropped like the week before, and then we said Happy Valentine's Day in that one. Yeah, we did. And then the one that was on Valentine's Day, it's technically not scheduled till the day after. This is we didn't n- say shit about it. So it's kind of weird that it's coming up again. <laughs> but in the in the reality of scheduling, mm-hmm. it's actually not the normal day we record. That's true. We're doing a Tuesday. That's so weird. normally we would have yeah. had to record on Valentine's Day. But Which, we, yeah. we got nasty instead. Okay. I'm just um. kidding. We did have stuff to do. <laughs> we're, not, we're not good at keeping order of the chronology here, guys. It's not a chron pod. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. This is actually a podcast about D&D lore. It, indeed it and is. Normally we don't start with a warm opener. We just do a cold opener, but here it goes. So let's talk about one of D&D's stinkiest, ugliest, and meanest monsters, the Carrion Crawler. Hell yeah. This burring ab- aberration of mysterious origins, as its namesake implies, scavenges the dead in voracious quantities. But large, powerful, and ever hungry, this monstrosity has no qualms at attacking living prey either. Wriggling like giant loathsome caterpillars, these aggressive beasts attack anything that invades their territory or disturbs their feasting on the dead. The crawlers paralyze victims with their tentacles before dragging their prey off to expire and rot. As horrific as they are, carrion crawlers are not technically evil creatures. They are merely driven by hunger, which is pretty much a constant sensation that they feel. So, unaligned or not, these things want to attack and eat you at any given moment. So make of that what you will. Okay. It may not be evil, but it kind of amounts to the same thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, their intentions for you would result are, are in very similar. Bad. Yeah, yes, exactly. Well, is this thing trying not trying to like torture you? It's trying to just eat you. Yeah, it, it just wants to. It, it wants to eat you, but it wants to kill you and then let you rot first and then eat you. Yeah, they like to eat the, the rotty, nasty bits. So, they like you to get all nasty, soft and mushy. The potential here is to be stabbed and left to die. Yeah, or or like I guess stabbed by their teeth. 
Okay, yeah, <laughs> yes. So Paralyzed they, by tentacles, stabbed by teeth, dragged off to rot. So it, it, it doesn't matter to that. They're neutral whether you live or die or are in pain. Yeah, they don't care. They're as not long like as you're going to torturing, immobile, and they, die. You're they're they're not, good. They're not neither happy nor sad about your suffering. It's not really about you. It's about the bacteria. Exactly. The b- bacteria that grows on you. Indeed. After Indeed you it die. Is. Yes. The crawler essentially looks like a cross between a giant pale yellow and green cutworm, which are those odd calip- caterpillar grub things that you find under rocks or in the dirt. They tend to eat, curl up. Looking you ever up, seen those things? Looking up cutworms. Yeah, I used to do a lot of exploring in like the hills around my house and looking under rocks and stuff. And yeah, they're these weird grubby looking things. I'm seeing them. They look yeah. like a little poop. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, your special guest Jake and I used to go looking for like lizards and stuff as well. Yeah, exactly. I don't so. remember these bad boys. It's oh yeah, not like a pill bug. Yeah, I, I used to do them a lot growing up here in Southern okay. California. But it's like a cross between those and a centipede. Nice, that's uh, scary. The rancid stink of rotten meat surrounds and precedes the arrival of this enormous multi-legged creature with a segmented ten-foot-long body. Hmm. Eight writhing tentacles protrude from its head, growing directly from below its uh, clacking mandibles and tooth-filled maw. The monster's head is covered with a tough hide. Each of a carrion crawler's tentacles is about two feet long and secretes a sticky, paralyzing substance. <laughs> Some versions of carrion crawlers also have two long eye stalks, though they can be they can perceive their surrounding even in the darkest of caverns. Um, most, though, are depicted with enormous insectile compound eyes, just as effective as seeing in the darkest of the eye stalks. Basically, it's addition to addition. They've kind of been drawn a little different. Yeah. Additionally, carrion crawlers have a highly developed sense of smell, which is probably necessary to detect prey through their own putrid stink. Here we go again with the stink. Mm-hmm, things smell. So is this an underdark creature? It is. Yeah. It, well, not always. It can be, though. It's it's one of the natives. Okay, yeah. You said you said a couple of key things, which means, uh, like, it sees normal on... In the dark. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it sees normal. It's D&D version. It sees D&D normal, and it smells really bad. If you're new to the show, uh, just know that dark vision is normal vision in, in this game. Indeed. And finally, a carrion crawler weighs, on average, about 500 pounds. Yikes, so man. they're big, Well, yeah, 10 beasts. feet long, 500 pound cross between like a grub worm or cut worm and a centipede that's wild yeah. okay yeah so foul things feed on filth and so it is that carrion crawlers squirm through all manner of death rot and offal these bizarre creatures lurk in moist and dark places seeking to scour putrid flesh from carcasses and gobble the slimy bones that remain oh, man that's that's one for the asmr books right there <laughs> it really is like vultures carrion crawlers follow the scent of death to their food However, if they must travel great distances, it's likely that their intended meal will have been claimed by other scavengers by the time they arrive. Thus, carrion crawlers hunker down in territories where food is plentiful and other carrion eaters have limited mobility. Caves, sewers, dungeons, and heavily forested marshes work best, but carrion crawlers are also drawn to battlefields and cemeteries. Oh. I like that because it reminds me of in The Witcher 3, um, near the opening of The Witcher 3, you're in an area that's been like, riddled by war and there's just bodies everywhere sure and there are places where in, in which are ghouls in D two ghouls feed on on carcasses mm-hmm. and so ghoul nests start popping up in these battlefields and it's it's kind of wild because you're going this way and there's like a battle going on over there and then you go down over this way and there's like a dude running from his life from ghouls and i could see that with carrying crawlers like, oh my gosh like so- if a battlefield has been fought upon for long enough it might attract carrion crawlers yeah like a civil war they were like burying bodies and you know mass graves and stuff right, right there right carrion exactly. crawler are going to show up and feast exactly Ooh, nasty <laughs> that's nasty it is nasty they are nasty <laughs> carrion crawlers mostly eat rotting flesh but they don't always wait for a creature to die on its own and they will aggressively attack any creature that trespasses on their territory or disturbs their feasting 
Woe to the city that has these monsters in its sewer in a time of siege or plague. In such places, a Garion crawler roams on the hunt and cynicals feeling the air for the smell of blood or decay. Uh, <laughs> That's like uh, London. You get... Um... Get bubonic plague. Oh or yeah, back like, in the in the dark ages, they would have carry on crawlers in there. Yeah, like, I could see that. And stuff yeah. or in their streets. Although I, y- yes and no, I don't think London had sewers in the dark ages. I think all that shit flowed in the streets. Yes, it did. But there so, was like rotting meat out. And yeah, stuff. so yeah. the carry on crawlers were definitely drawn to a city setup in that such a way. That would suck to but, just see one of these out in broad just, daylight. Just go, Everyone run the carry on crawlers. Well, it would wait till through. nighttime, right? Like probably, it probably a, sleeping a nocturnal during. feel. I think so. I in think the so. Oh, like in the underdark, but, it doesn't yeah, matter. All time is meaningless. You would have to have like is all like, time meaningless in the underdark? Like there's no sunrise or sunset. What do they go by time? I think. Different species of just different ways of of uh, keep dragging. I know the stone giants have like they've got oh, that spiral thing, right? Well, They're like writing like history on their walls. They have and, that, but when it comes to like the day to day, like I think it's pretty free form and like. Basically, whoever the master craftsmen are, they get to decide what their 12 hours <laughs> of being awake looks like. And whoever follows them has to adjust to their time. But everyone's kind of working on different times. Because, yeah, it doesn't really matter. There's no, you know, sky indicator. Every time this, this our lead Micah did, the third fart, that's an hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, despite their great size and poor instinct for stealth, carrion crawlers can ambush victims by waiting around blind corners for prey to come to them. Since crawlers tend to live in subterranean darkness or hunt at night on the surface, there it is, mm. light signals uh, a potential meal. And a carrion crawler might follow a light source for dis- from a distance for hours, hoping to pick up the scent of blood. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. So you could be just like doing your thing through a dungeon, and then it sees something, and it's been hunting you guys for hours. Oh, no, man. Crazy. I'm thinking like a merchant on a you know a night trek. They got a yeah, torch on their yeah. car. It's like, oh, it's like, God. They, this is why they tell you not to go through the bog at night. Don't go through the don't go through anywhere at night and don't have any babies on you because they'll <laughs> you'll get hacked up. All kinds of stuff will happen. Within structures, the repulsive creatures often scurry across the ceiling as they move toward food. In this way, they avoid contact with other dungeon dangerous inhabitants of the darkness, such as oozes and otiugs. And they can surprise trespassers who don't think they'll look up. Can you imagine when this one of these 500-pound things dropping on you? You're fucked. Yeah. The, well, okay. So is that like reverse fall damage? Or is you're just going to roll like bludgeoning damage? Like this 500-pound thing fell this many feet onto you? I would. Yeah. I think I would reverse fall damage it. Just <laughs> for every 10 feet it fell, that's an extra D6. That's cool. Yeah. That's, there's like a, there's that's probably like a terminal point. velocity it reaches at some point. But it's not uh, going to fall more no. than like. And if it did, it would splat. It would die, but it would definitely kill whoever it landed on. Is this, if you're role playing this monster, is this a tactic you would use? Is fall from the ceiling? Because oh, is your monster going to take damage? It depends. Like, I think. If it's if you fall on enough guys, it's like a cushion. It's like falling on a man sofa. <laughs> sure, I'm thinking thirty feet or higher. I'll do a little bit of fall damage. Okay, but like twenty feet, it's a ten foot tall. Because this it is can baked into it. the lore. It's baked into the lore. Like this is it like attacks a, from the sky. A strategic thing yeah. it does. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So when facing potential prey or intruders, carrion crawler prefers to let its poison do the work. The beast strikes as many enemies as it can with its tentacles and saves its bite for poison foes who get too close for comfort. Once a victim becomes rigid with paralysis, the carrion crawler wraps it in tentacles and drags it away to secure to a secure eating area, such as a high ledge or a hole in the wall. Mm. The crawler, you know those hole in the wall restaurants are <laughs> yeah. the best. They're the absolute best. No. The crawler then looms over its meal and watches for signs of life, striking with a tentacle if it sees any. 
Okay. <laughs> no, you die. Uh, when the crawler believes the prey to be dead, it coats the victim's flesh with toxic saliva to disguise the stench as the corpse decays. And then it resumes patrolling its territory while waiting for the meal to ripen. I'm glad I waited to ask because yeah. I was going to say, like, so these things probably have a storeroom. Yes. Let's, let's talk about the Underdark. They, okay. They've got a storeroom in the Underdark where they, they drag their prey to. Yeah, it's probably got a sleepy oh. hole, like a, a place where yeah, it... Yeah, probably it, up high, hard to get to. they got to drag it up there. Yeah, I was thinking, exactly. like, it's to keep the smell contained. But they're yeah. also doing this other thing. Right, That's exactly. Cool. Because, like, as, as dangerous and nasty as carrion crawlers are, they tend to live in places where there's equally, if not more so terrifying smelly mean thing exactly so like, yeah they're not top of the food chain where they tend to be they're somewhere no. in the middle purple dragon yeah. up there yeah exactly well there's that but there's you know there's all kinds of shit there's, there's drow of, there's mind flayers there's all kinds of stuff all kinds there. of purple stuff. beholders purple worm yeah purple worm yeah there we go purple mushrooms oh that's they're pretty low <laughs> so perhaps more so than in any other form of environment carrion crawlers are much feared denizens of the underground world and the underdark here they dwell in nests and layers venturing out in search of carrion or food every few days some underground inhabitants, such as kobolds and trolls, will make use of carrion crawlers by leaving the bodies of the dead of dead foes out in designated areas. Mm. This keeps the creatures at a good distance from their homes and encourages them to patrol certain areas. Okay. Some orcs have been known to chain live prisoners near the layers of these fearsome monsters. That sucks. It's a hell of an execution. Uh, using the crawlers in this way is not so much as a domestication as a symbiotic relationship of guard and executioner. They won't eat us if you have something to eat. Exactly, because they're, they're, they're full. They're happy. Yeah. But despite their wild and territorial nature, carrion crawlers can, with difficulty, be manipulated, brought to heal, and truly domesticated. Goblins and similar creatures attempt to raise carrion crawlers from birth and coach them for battle. The venom of a young crawler is too weak to paralyze prey, so they can be domesticated after a fashion and used as guard beasts. Some creatures even train carrion crawlers as mounts, uh, although riders must employ tentacle harnesses to keep from being paralyzed themselves. <laughs> and it is not uncommon for illithids to actively raise crawlers for various purposes. So they're grabbing the tentacle. They're using the tentacles as, like, reins. So basically yeah. like, cover over it. I guess part so. part of the, like, saddle setup. I guess so. Or they but got- you're also, like... Your what? What's the word? It's like your, um, what? What am I trying to say here? Like they're dulling their own weapon here because right. if yeah. they're riding in this in battle, well, they, those paralysis tentacles are are great to paralyze your enemies, but I guess you don't want them hitting you. But if you're mitigating them, well, then it's only got its teeth. You got to be really fast. You got to have really high decks, really have, have yeah. fast hands, really yeah. special gloves. Yeah, because you're gonna let one go and grab another one so it can whip. You feel the pull. It's time what? to let go. <laughs> Just thought of something really gross. Like so like the tentacles are constantly secreting, right? So what if they have sacks at the end of <laughs> if these you covers? Say they are, sure. Well, they are. Okay. And so like what if they have sacks at the end of these tentacle harnesses that like gather it up and then at some point they could pull something that squ- squirts out all over their enemies. Hell yeah. Let's take a short rest. <laughs> <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, be sure to check out Super, Super Quest, Quest Saga. Saga! A future fantasy 5th edition D&D actual play podcast homebrewed and dungeon mastered by yours truly, me... Set in space. And I play in it, along with your special guest Jake and friend of the show, Josh Freeland. You can find it on YouTube, iTunes, or anywhere else you can get your podcasts. Super Quest Saga! We've returned. Indeed, we have. We're fucking back, We're back. at it again. God damn it, DeGonzo. We never stopped. We never. We did. <laughs> we did stop. There well, was an I guess ad we kind of stopped. Yeah, that's true. We did <clears> go stop. watch Super Quest Saga, no, please. We're back. Yeah, please. It's a good show, I think. Sorry yeah. if you don't like the ads. I'm a little ads. biased. Sorry if you don't like the ads on this show. You can I, uh, skip them. Yeah. I that's all we can That's yeah. all we can say. Carrying crawlers. <laughs> oh, God, my phone. Carrying uh, <laughs> crawlers will sometimes live with a mate or in a small group numbering no more than six. This does not mean that this person should stop texting me. This does not mean <laughs> that they cooperate in hunting, though. They merely share the same space and compete fiercely for the same food. If right. two crawlers have made a kill or discover a carrion... Well, turn they, your phone off. <laughs> I will as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> they will often fight over the food, sometimes killing one another in the process. So not the most amicable of roommates. Why they even, like, get together at all is a fucking mystery. I guess to me. But, like, why would you get into a group of six if you're just going to fight over everything? Yeah, like, that's not... Uh, <laughs> that, okay, Two crawlers, two crawlers rolling out. Are you expecting more difficult or more plentiful opponents? Like, I would have. Okay, I, I, let me take back what I just said. Um, I can see why they would hole up in the same territory if a territory is so bountiful. If the battle has been going on for twenty years, yeah, and it just never stopped. Like, you're just going to have a plethora of these guys, and they're going to have to interact with each other. Some will mate, and some will kill each other. Yeah, and so. then you don't need if you're not if the battle's going on for that long, you're probably not worried about the like gathering the bodies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, things have broken down to such a point that you have a 
crawler infestation. Right. So, like, okay. yeah, there, there's no one here to really care. So, eventually, the fighting stops and the crawlers turn on themselves, each other, dissipate? I would suppose so. Like, Go away? They would have to. Once the food becomes more scarce, they start fighting over the food and eventually start killing each other over food. And yeah. eventually the food's gone. Yeah. So. so, it probably devolves into them killing each other and then yeah. to them dispersing to find new exactly. bounty. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Yes. Carrion crawlers are non-intelligent with an intelligence score of a whopping one. Oh, which, God. As I've said before, is only one smarter than a rock. Yeah. <laughs> So it's really vase. It's just smell. It's just a giant bug. It's just it's a giant bug monster. It eats, it shits, it sleeps. I know it's acting. It does nothing it's, else. It's acting like a like, it's like a, a, a snail vacuum cleaner. Or, yeah, a snail or a fly or yeah, exactly. just bacteria. It just yeah. eats bacteria eating bacteria. Yeah, sure, exactly. It's just a very big bacteria. Like in a way, carrion crawlers serve a purpose in that they like uh, they probably prevent plague more than they cause it. Yes, right. But they also cause some you to get chewed on. Yes, <laughs> they can cause death, but not a pandemic. So would we rather have, okay, well, the answer's clear there, right? Like, we'd rather have the carry-on crawler rather than, like, a rampant plague. Definitely. Okay. I, I, I would even go as far as to say I would not be surprised if some cities would integrate carry-on crawlers into their sewer system. Like, you're going oh to lay some eggs Our down sewer there. system, it keeps shitting, guys, because if you don't. The carry-on crawlers <laughs> will come looking for you. Yeah, but, I mean, you don't have to worry about that because cities are disgusting, you know? Uh, when you get people together, they cause a lot of trash. Dennis, how many times am I going to have to write you up for shitting in the street, bro? You'll be the end of us. But, <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, you could definitely integrate them. Anyways, clever travelers have been known to fool an approaching carry-on crawler with a sight or smell illusion, thus gaining time and make good on their escape. They're easy to trick. They only got one intelligence. Goddamn, I never even thought... We did the illusion episode. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we built those characters. I never thought to make a smell illusion. That's true. Everyone thinks visual, right? Or sound. Because illusion yeah. is, you immediately think of your eyes. Yeah, and, like, you do. Being you tricked do. visually. But, but, but yeah. smell, And for sound, sure. too. I mean, because the, the, uh, the descriptions say to, like, do motion and make sounds more higher level stuff but i never it never even passed yeah, my mind yeah. to make it smell I, like shit i don't tend to play illusionists all that often so i'm not as experienced in like causing illusionary bullshit i know as you would I, think. I don't think it's a super popular class because there were not a lot usually we'll get some conversation mm-hmm. about what goes on with illusions and like what's possible and mm-hmm. even when i go do internet searches for illusion stuff it's just kind of like do whatever you want, dog. It's right. illusion. Which is, yeah. Which uh, okay, is, yeah. yeah. Fair You're enough. You're totally right. So back to the Karen Crawlers. Most editions suggest that a wizard's mad experiment gave birth to the first Karen Crawlers. This is a common explanation for many monstrosities, including owlbears, chimeras, etc. But 4E gives a different explanation, of course. In 4E, it is said that a wizard did introduce the revolting beasts to the world, but they were not created in a laboratory. A spellcaster whose name is lost to history opened a connection to the Far Realm in hope of learning that plane's secrets. Her irresponsible act resulted in the slaughter of everyone in her city. Damn. Carrion crawlers were not the worst horrors to, co- to cross the bridge between dimensions that day. They only came to devour those that other fell beings had already slain or driven mad. <laughs> Since that ancient time, carrion crawlers have spread throughout the world, and they continue to cross over from the Far Realm whenever fools gain the power to breach that disturbing plane. So these are the bacteria of, of far the Far Realm. realm. Yeah, if you want to go with that. And I, I almost always prefer that to, like, a wizard made it on accident one time, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> I had a centipede, and I had, had a, a cutworm, cut and I cast enlarge, and something went wrong. <laughs> I broke a fucking... That is kind of I fun. I Powerpuff Girl style dropped some chemical X on that shit. <laughs> that is kind of fun. 
Um, Can you imagine? This is your lore. Like, your party is there for the birth of the carrion crawler, mm-hmm. and then it just starts multiplying some for some reason and burrowing. It's like, no. No. This is all my fault. I think I can ride that shit. <laughs> Let me grab these tentacles. Yeah. Oh, no. The harnesses. <laughs> it's everywhere. How are there already uh, goblins on these? <laughs> Though monstrous, violent, and horrifying to behold, and definitely unnatural abominations, either created via diabolical experimentation or pulled forth from a dimension of madness, carrion crawlers do seem to fit into the natural order of the food chain quite well. The carrion crawler provides the same useful, if disagreeable, functions that jackals, vultures, and crows perform. Like so many other predators, carrion crawlers instinctively prey on the weak, sick, and foolish. In the long run, this has a beneficial effect on their prey on a species-wide level, strengthening its gene pool. Mm. The carrion crawler also works wonders in overcrowded caverns, quickly eliminating population problems among the weaker monsters. Thus, the life cycle of the crawler is inextricably linked to that of its prey. When the prey flourishes, so does the crawler. This uh, that's, insight- that's insightful. This is what I felt like. Th- things are bigger in, D- in D&D. Yeah, so things need, are bigger. You need bigger scarier. animals to do this job right, sometimes, exactly. I guess. Exactly. And you know, they're really not the reason that shit smells bad. Shit just smells bad, and they are interested in that. Yeah, they're interested in that. They're actually it. making stuff not smell bad. Exactly. That's... Except for themselves. They do smell bad. Oh, they, like, oh that's right. But they are really... actively making the world smell better. Sure. So would we rather have the smell from all the stuff the carrion crawler would eat or the smell of the carrion crawler? The crawler, because it's located <laughs> in one thing that moves away from you probably. I'm starting to fucking love these things. Oh, they're great. I love carrion crawlers. Starting to fucking they're love They're like oozes, things. which I also love for some yeah. reason. Okay, that's, I was going to say, it was like ooze Roomba. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what these are. These, are, for, just, these are, yeah. These are just worse. <laughs> they're worse looking Roombas. Uglier. Uh, well, I saw a picture for a this second. This is the the non-leading brand Roomba. The non- <laughs> this is the off-brand Roomba. <laughs> this is the off-brand Roomba. They actually made this one first. <laughs> it's true. It's like, uh-oh, we can do better. Okay, so the carrion crawler mates only once a year. Several days Dang. after mating, the female will go off in search of a large kill. When she has found or killed an adequate food supply, she lays about 100 eggs amongst the carrion. The grubs hatch one week later and begin feeding. Maternal care ceases once the eggs have been laid, and it's not uncommon for eggs to later be eaten by the female who laid them. Bummer. (laughs) Females die a few weeks after laying their eggs, though, exhausted by the effort. Males live only a short time longer, having mated with as many females as possible, and likely also exhausted by the effort. The life of their offspring is often a trial of violence and death, as grubs tend to consume one another in in feeding frenzies, and are a favorite food of adult carrion crawlers, of course. (laughs) Man. Few of the grubs reach maturity, but those that do have eaten voraciously and will achieve their full size inside a year. When they reach maturity, the mating cycle begins again. These monsters exist on the most basic extinctual level, having no more intelligence than earthworms or most insects. The carrion crawler is driven by only two urges, food and reproduction. It has absolutely no interest in anything else. Yeah, and that totally tracks. It's like the whole, that's like this thing's whole bit. I just eat garbage. I eat garbage. I eat garbage. You're welcome. I walk around, and once a year, I got to fuck. <laughs> Otherwise. And then I die. And then I go, yeah, and then I die. And then yeah. uh, my children or my cousins or whatever. They grow up and could, do the same They thing. come and eat me. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. There's nothing tastier carrion than crawlers, a carrion crawler that has also been decaying. <laughs> carrion crawlers don't waste anything. They don't waste anything. They uh, let... Uh, <laughs> They let bacteria grow and flourish, and then they suck all of that stuff out. Absolutely. Okay. So the paralytic slime that coats their tentacles is a valuable alchemical substance known as carrion crawler brain juice. What? That's like branded name of this? It is. It's a thing. It's in all caps. It's in all caps. Yes. It's a thing. I actually <laughs> use this item uh, back and forth edition quite a few times. It's like... I coated my swords with it. Oh, it's great. Oh, man. You can do that? Yes. Oh. It is called this as it is produced in the creature's brain and can be extracted from the creature in large quantities from that organ. Uh, 
this juice can be used obviously as a poison to paralyze victims via weapon or glove coating, or it can be used counterintuitively as an antiparalytic via alchemy. This is wild. I didn't know that the last paragraph of this these notes were going to be the wildest shit I've ever heard. Yeah. This is this changes everything. I think the next time I end up playing a ranger, I really want to lean into like the monster hunter kind of like uh, that Van killing Helsing, stuff like, and like trophies. Take, well, yeah, take trophies is cool, but more along like but science trophies that you science turn into trophies. applicable things. Exactly. Yes, that yeah. you know. And I would like to like make all my gear out of my kills and all that other stuff. That's that fun. is interesting mm-hmm. to be like a monster hunter yeah. that like, like really relies on this stuff. Like right, or not even relies. Like I killed the first one. Mm-hmm. Let's use the parts from that to help me kill whatever else I need. Exactly. This is this is used for this, or this is a general purpose. Like blah blah blah. Right. Exactly. That's really cool. Exactly. That's some Breath of the Wild shit where you're. Right. monster parts and stuff to make elixirs like, yes i like exactly that. i like that i do lot. like i like that too and uh i'm out of notes so it's time to talk about its stat block i got some official wizards of the coast content indeed um right here <laughs> <laughs> you bookmarked it and i bookmarked it uh and now i'm going to put this this little thing down where the notes are on i'm going to read you guys the uh stat block for the carrion crawler let's go over it man this is a wild looking I mean, it looks. Like, oh, you're looking at it. It looks picture. like you zoomed in on a bug, pretty much. Right. But like that's typically freaks me the fuck out. Sure, so, as it should. Here we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, large monstrosity unaligned. It has an armor class of 13 nat natural. Uh, mm-hmm. Hit points of 51 or 60, 10 plus 18. Mm-hmm. A speed of 30 feet and a climbing speed of 30 feet, which is in line with all the things you said. Mm-hmm. We got a strength of. And did we decide to do the plus? Not the big number, the small number, right? On these, uh, I like big scores. numbers, but you do whatever you want, man. Okay, and then it was big numbers. Uh, strength 14, dex mm. 13, mm. con 16, mm. intelligence 1, uh, <laughs> wisdom. I'm just not used to seeing minus 5 on anything. I know. Uh, minus 5? <laughs> uh, wisdom plus, uh, sorry, wisdom is 12. And uh, hmm. charisma is only a five. It's it's, it's five times more charismatic stu- than. It's not only stupid; it's weak willed. It is, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's just it's an instinct at, monster, right? It's yeah. at its own mercy. It's exactly. Fine. Yeah, it has no nasty free will. Stuff. It has no free will. It just eats, sleeps, shits. I mean, it has some. It, it needs enough free will to fuck once per year. <laughs> That's not free will. That's instinct, my friend. Well, they got to pick somebody, right? <laughs> instinct, my friend. There's very little here. We can agree on that. Yes, absolutely. I'll go with mine. Go with <laughs> all yours. right, all right. It doesn't take a long time. I don't even decide. think people have free will, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Just dropping philosophical bombs I mean, on the I've podcast. thought about it pretty extensively. We're okay. not going to talk about it here, though. <laughs> We're talking about it. Uh, skills is a perception plus three. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's got, it's got 60 feet of dark vision, a.k.a. normal vision, and a passive perception of 13. 60 feet's impressive, though. It is, but I feel like with the description we got... I mean, yes, 60 feet is, is a lot. So mm-hmm. I guess that does track. Uh, it doesn't know any languages. Its only language is love once per year. Its <laughs> <laughs> challenge rating is two. Um, cool. I was kind of expecting... It's challenge rating two? Yeah, higher oh. challenge rating. But two yeah. is pretty good. And, and two the is pretty good. stuff you can kind of do so far without even reading its... Dude, like, at level abilities. one, this thing's a full-on boss. Like, this thing is... Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, if you can just, like... Like one shot, two dudes that you just fall on mm-hmm. ten feet long. Like you mm-hmm. could probably get two guys under yeah. there. And if these things are attacking in pairs, that's that's a nice like tough fight for like level two, three, four pe- people. So they gotta have enough free will to look at each other from the ceiling, oh give each other a wink, and then fucking like base jump. <laughs> at the same of course, time. absolutely. Like, Although I don't know if you can wink with uh, compound eyes. No, no yeah, eyelid. they are. Yeah, huh? yeah. I was looking at. It's got a like a really long oblong kind of like jelly bean yeah, shape eye. Yeah, but there's not going to be a. 
There's no wink. There's not going to be an eyelid on that. No. I don't see any eyelashes. No, absolutely not. not. like our good beholder. So what are our abilities? What, what has it got? Keen smell. The carrion crawler has advantage on wisdom, perception checks that rely only on smell. The spider climb. So the carrion crawler can climb difficult surfaces, including upside down on ceilings without needing to make an ability check. Badass. It's kind of strange. This body looks really long in the art and mm-hmm. little tiny legs, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of them. You know, there's been multiple art. I've seen the art with actual like centipede style legs. So yeah. there, there's all kinds of carrion crawler art. And you know what? That kind of tracks because like there's not just one kind of beetle. There's countless types of beetles. Mm. So maybe you know what? For I crawlers. bet they're acting as like hooks. They hook in and then the body like compresses, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then, and then um, what's the opposite of compression? Expands. Yeah. <laughs> and then rehooks. So there's always, it's whole, oh, it's legs it's aren't scuttering. Attached. It's yeah. just, oh, yeah, that yeah. makes total sense. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So multi-attack, the carrion crawler makes two attacks, one with its tentacles and one with its bite. The tentacles, melee weapon attack plus eight to hit, reach of 10 feet on one creature. It's going to hit for four or one D4 plus two poison damage. And the target must succeed on a DC 13 constitution saving throw or be poisoned for one minute. Mm -hmm. Until this poison ends, the target is paralyzed. The target can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the poison on itself on a success. Purge that shit immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, So the bite is going to be a melee weapon attack with um, plus four to hit, reach of five feet, one target. With a hits for seven or two d four plus two piercing damage, so you were saying that it's going to opt for the tentacles until it needs to bite. Yes. So yes. that's the way you role play this fight. Is that's basically how we do it. you fall on somebody, um, you paralyze everyone that you touch, yeah, and then you start biting. So if you f- this fall this falling on people has got me fucked up a little bit, <laughs> because, <laughs> not because it doesn't make sense, but just because. It's so effective and dangerous. If this is a 500-pound thing, uh-huh. how is a level one character going to get out from underneath it without Oh, assistance? you're probably not. Right. Yeah. So are they going to suffocate under there? Are they just restrained? If you put this thing against your level <clears throat> one party, and let's just presume they have five of them, it's a boss fight for sure. Yeah. And the dude yeah, he got totally. landed on the, is The in damage on this, it's going to take three hits to down a guy. Yeah, successful hits. I think the dude who gets landed on is already unconscious. Yes, absolutely. What, what do you have, 13 HP at level one? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so it's if it not, drops thirty much feet, than that. that's three d six. Chances are you're you're up. You're right. Up. So the first guy's down. So yeah. now you have four. yeah four people trying to figure stuff out, and it's probably going to crawl off that person as it as you draw it forward, and then you got to get the healer around the unconscious dude asap. So this thing falls initiative or right after yes. that? Okay, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's a scary monster for a little. Even a level two party is going to mm-hmm. really struggle with mm-hmm. one of these. Yeah. So in, in that scenario, yeah, especially. It's a, cool, it's a cool little mob for, you know, you can you might come across a pack of six of these at a high level, you know, in, in like a battlefield. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're 10 feet long, man. Like, y- even if they're not super threatening to a high level party, there's a lot and they're big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're paralyzing people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's, that's scary. Yeah, exactly. The paralysis is a big, big game changer. I would say this is too difficult for a level one party. I think so. Yeah. Unless you're doing like a really grim, dark, harsh environment, you, and you got a, a nice somebody. big party like of six people, then then that's a little different. You're gonna have to go back to the temple and get a new healer, dog. Yeah, I think I, six. I, I think six level. <laughs> I crushed that guy. I think six level ones could take on a single carrion crawler. Yeah, because if you got a couple be... like wizards in the back, like a ranger, some wizards, uh, a couple fighters up on it, like I think you could last long enough. A few people will get knocked unconscious, but you might, be, you should be able to. Take yeah, it I think those hardy, those hardier classes will yeah. do okay. A couple crits, you know, 
It's only got 50 HP. No, so. yeah, I think yeah. I think it's definitely doable. It's just it's, it's gonna be tough. It's definitely gonna. But be I like that. That's a challenging fine. fight for level one. So less challenging for level two, but still probably pretty challenging. The HP pool is what's probably gonna get you through it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. With that being said, I think we can get ready for long rest. Yeah, we should. Let's do it. Hey everybody, welcome to the long rest. Uh, we're back to building our beholder. Indeed. Um, what was last episode? Oh God, it's so long ago. I know. Was it, it Sun- Suni? Was it Suni? No, no, no! It was the warlock episode. Okay, warlock. and we gave it uh, skin as white as snow. And <laughs> what was its beam again? I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling yeah, up the list. Okay, because um, it would have been based off the genie, right? So what was the genie beam you gave it? I gave it uh, a tornado for my wind genasi. Oh, Less than genie. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's got a tornado. Somebody beam. in Discord suggested, or was it Discord? Some there a, a comment came through somewhere. Mm-hmm. We have so many threads for that now, but they yeah. were like, "Oh, it should have, uh, it should have put somebody in a lamp." Uh, a like, lamp beam? Yeah. Nah, that would have been nah, cool. I, nah. I, I, gave, I like the wind beam. We I gave get, merit to that idea, but also yeah. I don't want to like... We got We're got. we not retconning. Nah. And also I like tornado beam. I like tornado beam too. Push beam, it's like kind of mild in terms yeah, of is, beams. Yeah, but it, I mean there's also I like a beauty it. beam that we gave it, so it beautifies. Oh, I, yeah. think, I think the we should change, we should errata the kind of beautification it does. Why? Um, I think beauty should be in the eye of the beholder. So it's whatever the, the beholder, beholder thinks is beautiful. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Because we were, remember that episode I, we were kind of yeah, trying to figure out like yeah. what is beauty. Well, I thought, really... did we settle on it? Like whoever it hits, whatever their ideal beauty is. Yes. But, but we I, want to do it in the eye I of the beholder. I think beauty should be okay. in the eye of the beholder. Stupid, but yes. Okay. Yeah. Sounds or good. whatever beholders think are beautiful. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah. I think but what about today's bee keepers? People keep saying beholders like they're beekeepers. Why the official, you know, like a person that tends to bees? Well, yeah, I understand that, <laughs> but like, why are they beekeepers? That's like their official title, isn't it? They're beekeepers, not bee holders. Like the pun is a little loose on that one. I'm so confused. It's okay. 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 So we got <laughs> today. Today's Ray and today today's um, physical feature. I think we decided, right? So, yes. Well, let's recap. We got a roar beam in main. We got a petrification beam in gullet. Uh-huh. We got a math beam, which is the confusion spell, and turtle beak. Uh-huh. We've got a love beam and long, long eyelashes. eyelashes. And we, oh, the hovercraft thing happened. And then the, the tornado beam and snow white skin. Yes. So this is great. Yeah. Okay. So today, carry on crawler. Yes. Um, you kind of recapped what you wanted to do. Yeah. You go ahead and hit him with the beam. And I'll hit him with the feature. Okay. So uh, brain juice beam. Yeah. Essentially, it's a, it's a paralysis ray, but it's instead of green, nasty juice that coats all over you. Yep. So it just squirts right out of its eye. It's just the bit from the right before the short rest. Uh-huh. Here again. Yes, it's here. <laughs> true <laughs> and okay we're gonna give it a compound eye now the art in the monster manual we looked at it and it's kind of like a glossy thing going on mm-hmm. but we're gonna give it will will was showing me like the an, eye of an, an ant yeah the actual insect compound fly, eye, like a really yeah. round segmented eye a thing gridded like hexagonal yeah. sort of um it's right in the center with them nice eyelashes rolling right off of it what's that phobia <laughs> Where people are scared of like oh, tropo- is it tropophobia? Is that Tro- what it's called? It's something like that. it starts with a T, but I know what you're talking about. It's I don't have it as a phobia, but it's fucking disgusting looking. It depends on what it is, because some people they're more afraid of it on like there's like a skin condition. Mm-hmm. Tropophobia is the fear of moving or making changes. So no, no not, not that. that. <laughs> but, but something there's a phobia, and it has to do with like circles or like. Honeycombs can be like a trigger for it. Yeah, this will trigger it that for you. Yeah, you have holes in a surface. Right, exactly. That shouldn't be there. 
Or even uh, should. Fear or that, yeah. Fear of holes in a surface. <laughs> I'm Googling it right now. <laughs> um, the feature has nothing to do with this phobia, oh, by the way. Tri- tripophobia. Tripophobia. Yeah. You had a lot of the same letters yeah, there. Yeah, I did. I really did. Um, so we're going to give it that kind of I. Now, <laughs> the eye is, that strikes fear into the hearts of people with trypophobia. It doesn't do anything except yeah. unless you have trypophobia. Well, it sees really good in the dark. It sees really good in the dark. Yeah. And also, um, we're going to give it the uh, like tentacle feelers above the eye. Yeah, I'm um, into that. So just like the carry-on crawler, they have like a really sharp angle in them. So mm-hmm. they come out forward and yeah. then dip back and they're really long. Um, like this thing is fucking horrifying. I this like, beholder is nasty. I like these things sitting like in between the eye stock beams and mm-hmm. as the eye stock beams kind of move around to do stuff, it they're getting they're too. getting moved. Yeah, they're, I like that. There's a lot of pointless aesthetic on this. Yes, uh, on this there thing. really is. Okay. <laughs> Let's tell people where they can find all their stuff and call it a game. We got Twitter. We got Instagram. I think that that uh, contest is still going on actually. Oh, yeah. yeah we like, don't really like manage. We only semi-manage that now. Yeah, uh, uh, this you got episode the airs on February twenty second. Okay, so we still have a few episodes. So yeah, we, guys, we're giving away two copies of the Candlekeep Mysteries um, on Twitter. Uh, if you want to enter the contest, all you gotta do is share an episode of the show with the hashtag DungeonCast. Our assistant will will catch you on there and add you to the list. And then the rules for the Instagram uh, contest are the same rules as they've been before. Yeah, so pretty much. I don't you know just if you tag go a that. person. Uh-huh. Uh, in the comments below, you have to okay. So the rules are: follow the account, like the post, yeah. and then comment with tagging a person. Tag, okay. tag one of your friends, somebody you think that would be interested in the show. Yeah, um, you can tag. It should be like this: tag it as many times, tag different people as many times as you want, and they all count as different entries. Right. We do these contests because we want to spread the word about the Dungeon Cast. Mm-hmm. So plus, it, it's cool to give books away. That's nice too. We like giving back. Yeah, and we want to give back to people that. Tell people about the Dungeon Cast specifically. Uh, absolutely. Um, we also want to um, give back to our patrons, who I will say thank you for being patient. These Indeed. episodes normally drop early on Sunday. Yeah, we had a delay. Yeah, we were busy. Yeah, it was Valentine's. It was Day. Valentine's Day, um, <laughs> and uh, I was busy in a way you probably wouldn't think. Uh, so don't don't worry about it. Um, um, they're here. They're, they'll be here. It's Tuesday. They'll be here tonight. Uh, it won't happen again. Maybe. But we're giving away the two books on March 16th. <laughs> so you yeah. still have some time to enter, but get in there. You can enter as many times as you want. So don't let a day go by without an entry. Day go by. <laughs> uh, anyway, go to uh, go to Patreon if you want to support us beyond that. And um, you can get early ad-free episodes at the $5 level. That's like the earliest bonus content tier we have plus there's a ton of other live game stuff in there we mm-hmm. got the dungeon chats which is a shoot the shit podcast me and will do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um we drop it as often as we can and then uh yeah there's beyond that just check it out if you're already gonna plan to go to the patreon and you want to support us further beyond there's tons of good stuff on the patreon uh including like uh if you want to read along episode notes um like we do here on the show you could check those out other than that, I don't really have much except for thanks for listening. Um, Indeed. Got to start telling people I love them again on the regular. So <laughs> it's going to go here. We're going to slot it right at the back. It used to be a short rest thing. Um, and now it's a end of the episode. Uh, good night. I love you sort of thing. Yeah. Good night. I love you. Sweet, <laughs> sweet dreams. Mwah. All right, guys. We're going to call it again. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.